if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hire this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going to Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did on Get Schooled with Marcelo Alonso. I have the wonderful, beautiful Ava Divine. Hello, hello, Marcella. Hello, everyone. Yes, um, me and Ava Divine actually go way back. Way, way, back. <laughs> way, way, way back. <laughs> Great like, first two days. Yes, the crazy horse too, which did I I think I tagged you on IG that it got burnt down or you know what? I didn't get your tag, but I saw it. Oh, that was upsetting. Yeah, that was our club. Oh, that's where we both met. And I have to tell you guys, when I first met, do you remember the first time I met you what I said? No. You don't remember? What did you say? I saw you in the, okay, so first of all, we worked at uh, Crazy Horse 2, a little backdrop of how we met. This had to be in the year 2001, because I remember it was before 9-11. Yeah. That's how long we've known each other. I walked in, and I said, are you a porn girl? Or like, are you a, you you weren't even doing porn? You don't remember that? No, I just remember seeing you work, uh, do a whole line down, (laughs) down the, you know, the back row, you know, up against by the DJ booth, by the uh-huh. VIP room. You just worked that whole line going, do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? And you were just working it. And I was like, that bitch I need to know. <laughs> hustler. Well, no, I remember I saw you in the bathroom and I was like, and I was like intrigued. I was like, this girl's too pretty to just be any other sort stripper. And you had your, I forgot what boot job it was, but right. you, which millionth boot. I forgot which one it was, but I said to you, I go, do you, do you do porn or anything? And you looked at me and you go, you were like honored. You weren't offended or anything. You're like, no, oh. I love it. <laughs> Loving it right now. I'm like, wow, I can't believe it. Yeah, that's because I really thought you were like a featured dancer or a porn star, but this is way back before. This was so back before you even you went by Raquel. Yeah, that's right. I was Raquel in the strip. Raquel, the IP room. Raquel to the main office. Raquel, yeah. you are getting in trouble. <laughs> and then you then you became Miss Ava Divine, and now you are well, very much well known. Every time like you've ever put a picture or something, somebody goes, "I know her," and I'm like, "I know her better." I am so honored. I'm still honored because, you know, I mean, there's a gazillion adult film actresses out in the world. And for someone to recognize me, whether good or bad, you know, let's face it, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but it's still recognition. And for me, I'm honored by it. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard a bad thing and you've never taught a bad thing either about people. Like, everybody loves you. I don't know about that, but... I love everybody. Yeah, you love everybody. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been an honor to know you personally and all that. And the reason I brought you on the show is, you know, um, I, I, you know, I know you very personally and I know you very, very well. And there's one subject that I think that would help and benefit a lot of people and all in the adult industry. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to school people on sobriety. You know, um, not, huh? yeah, not a lot of people may not know, um, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted you to talk about this and how, cause we had our partying days. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I don't even want to go there, but remember that, uh, 
We went to some nightclub. We were so high. I was so high and so dry. We fucked this football player, and I ripped the condom because my pussy was so dry from doing too much. <laughs> I couldn't even suck his dick. I was like, Oh yeah, remember? I'll never forget that. Yeah, we both were. We had like Oh my god! And it was somebody well known. I who knows? We were. So <laughs> you don't remember? I remember. Yeah, and, I can't believe you remember. That's so hilarious. But yes, I, no, I know who it is because they they like. I don't want to mention their name, you know, like we did, but on our day we did shit and we kept our mouth shut. Always, always. Yes. Kiss and tell. I mean, we'll tell each other, but. Right. Yeah. We, we, that's the one thing about us and our day. We didn't have to do it for the, the clout. Yeah. Or the, uh, exposure. Yeah. We were just like private, private about it. We were confidential. Yeah, and we we honor them, and that was a good thing. Nowadays, girls are like an open book, and yeah, right. And, and I I feel kind of wrong about that because it's like you know if the person treated you well and he paid you well, exactly, and they paid for the discreet discretion, they paid right. For, so zip it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, like those were the day we had a good days, but then you know. Uh, you know, time came on and you became Miss Ava Devine in what year? 2003. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And we met about 2001. So we even met a little bit earlier than that, maybe 2000. It probably was, but I remember it was before 9-11. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I I was high on 9-11 at the nail salon. And and uh, what's his name? One of the managers were like, are you going to come in? And I'm like, no, I'm at the now salon. <laughs> and I was I was somewhere. I was staying at a friend of mine's house and um, it was it, it was I was staying somebody because I didn't officially live at Vegas. I was back and forth for Florida yeah. before. And I remember um, somebody called on the phone and it was just unbelievable what yeah. happened. It, was, it yeah. was very scary. Plus, I was, like, paranoid and tweaked out. So it was, like, watching the news at the nail salon. I was, like, what is going on? It was, yeah. Yeah, that is it's such a shame. Right, right. Now, can you talk about it? And everybody, you know, they know you from your movies. They know who you are. You know, people probably listening in. But I really, my whole goal with this podcast is to help people learn better and to help other people. And I know personally what you went through, what you've been through, what we've done, what we, you know what I mean? And the struggle, but I have to admire you because you're very much, you're dedicated and the way you've moved in your life and for the positive, you know, um, and how did you get to this positive and how did it, how did your habit first come about and when did you realize it was an issue and everything, you know? Well, I, I guess I've always, I feel that I've been born with this because I can numb out with anything, with food, with sugar, with sex, with shopping, with, you know, like I have the isms, alcoholisms. I have the isms in all my affairs, in everything I do. So, um, or addiction in, in all, everything I do. Like, if I do one thing, I like it, I'm addicted. Because it helps me numb out, you know? Right. And, and um, so, so I, I, I feel like I was born with this because I, when I was very young, I, I would do things with food that was weird. I would like restrict eating regular food, but I would eat a lot of sugar and numb out with sugar. And then it progressed, you know, then, then of course you hit puberty and your body changes. And I'm like, Whoa, what's going on? I'm getting little kids. They're noticing me. So, um, I started restricting my food and taking laxatives and trying to like lose weight to get really thin. Cause back in the eighties, it was like, skinny was in the and, not, yeah the 90s 80s yeah, and 90s yeah 80s, 90s it, it traveled up into the early 2000s let's face mm-hmm. it and um so I would numb out with uh laxatives and and anorexia um and then as I got older I still was numbing out with food but this time I was starting to gain weight and I would 
take diet pills and I loved diet pills because I would get all this energy and I love energy. I love go, go, go. I, I, I don't want to like sit still. I love to go, go, go. And um, then I was introduced to crystal meth and, and, you know, I drank a little bit here and there. I drank when I was young and, but nothing serious, you know, just drink. I've never, yeah. I never knew for you really to be a drunk or a drinker. Yeah. Though. But, yeah. but give me, give me a glass of something and I'm off to the races with harder, better, faster, stronger, fiercer mm -hmm. things. You know, it's like mm -hmm. that, that's my gateway. That's my gateway. Mm -hmm. A little bit of, little bit of alcohol. And, um, so I, I discovered crystal meth, loved it because I didn't eat because I had this eating disorder that I was able to control and I could be up all night. Then I got in the sex industry at 18, even, yeah, 18. And I and I was up all night tweaking out of my brains, going, doing escort calls and just, you know, uh, up all night not eating. So I was like, this is friggin' heaven, you know, and um and it's funny because people are like, oh, you must have been wild when you were on drugs. I was totally opposite. I, I want to get high and high and higher. It's like, leave me alone. Don't touch me. I don't want to fuck. I don't want to fuck your limp dick. I want to fucking get higher and higher and higher. It's like, shoot me to the rocket, through the, to the moon in a rocket, you know? It's like, Remember I'm you used to say, and my blowjobs just get better and better when you were like sober. I got sober, yes, totally. I was like... My pussy's so wet. My mouth is so juicy. My ass is so juicy. I love it. Yeah. So I, I love sobriety. I love recovery. And um, so that's how I got introduced to it. I used to hang out at a lot of gay clubs. And uh, my one friend was like, oh, this drug dealer is coming down from San Francisco. We're all going to tweak out and we're all going to party. And I was like, Okay, tried it, loved it, wanted more and more and more. Fast forward 15, 16 years later, I was still doing it. And um, I was in a hotel room and I couldn't even work. You know, I, I was on tour and I couldn't even work because I was so fucked up. Okay. I couldn't even, like, I was declining seeing people. I was declining going out. I was isolating. I wanted, I was drinking tequila smoking coke doing you know and i was like what is this i'm not even like i'm turning into a crack whore and i'm not even a i can't even work right so i'm turning into a crack head <laughs> you know and and then i i was able to call someone uh an ex-boyfriend of mine and he's like all right i'm going to take you to rehab and i was like not inpatient he's like no what well, first he's like you need to go to inpatient rehab and i'm like no there's no way I'm going inpatient. And he's like, let's just try outpatient. He's like, I'll pick you up. I'll swoop you up and bring you back to California and we'll, we'll convalesce there. And I did. And it's been on July 29th. Uh, it'll be 15 years of no drugs and alcohol. Wow. 15 friggin' years. Can you believe it? Where did the time go? Wow. But yet, you know what? When you were on drugs, you weren't a party. You were, a, you've always been a homebody. Yes, I could. Uh, of course. I, who wants to go out when you're all paranoid and blown out of your mind with fucking meth? It's like, you're, I'm like chomping on my lip. I just want to sit home and tweak out and try on clothes and put on makeup and think I'm going somewhere and never get anywhere. Mm. And yeah, the homebody. Yeah, because people seem to they don't know the real you like that I know the real you. And it's you were you were yeah, you would just stay home. I remember remember the what you would just wake up and go running on the treadmill in the morning every day. I would do you a were, line and run, of course. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And you you in a way though, you were disciplined as an addict, but I remember because you did go to work. Barely. I would be stuck in the dressing room the whole time trying on eight different outfits. Oh, I remember yeah. Yeah, 80 different outfits. I remember on a Super Bowl Sunday or a Super Bowl, some Super Bowl thing that was going on at the club. I could not leave the dressing room and everyone's mm -hmm. like, are you going to make money? And I kept running back and forth to change. 
because I was so high and I couldn't stop and I was getting and I remember one time I read you like old I read I read you something about methamphetamines I'll never forget this and I read the effects and I said what it does or whatever and the next day you quit that was probably temporarily it was a it was that time was a temporary but I just remember I read you something you quit and the next day you were like the money you were like boom it was like you flew like oh yeah and and I can't work on drugs obviously drugs or alcohol it it totally ruins my life but it's just um it just wreaks havoc you know it just in my life and and most likely others you know but I mean if you can party and stuff more power to you I can't right right you realize that I really can't like it's been so when did you feel like that you made that realization like hey I can't because for me it had to do more with I think my daughter my younger daughter was probably four or five I was getting older and I was like this shit doesn't make sense so yeah. it, and I didn't you're able to just click it on I as a Gemini I just get bored I'm like this yeah. doesn't make sense anymore now um I'm in my 40s and I and I don't know I I feel like it just doesn't make sense I'm too old I well, I just yeah yeah I mean well you're always very you're a go-getter uh-huh. that's just your personality you you love to work you've always loved to work as I know you as yeah. I've, long as I've known you you love to work you love to be productive you're just a go-getter by nature mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so I mean I, I I was driven too but drugs totally they totally it, it ruined it and it, it had me in its grips and because I feel I was born right addict you know that the addict personality mm, anything shopping food, right. sex anything wow yeah because except people, for gambling huh except for gambling yeah you've never been a gambler yeah that's right you've never I don't even like gambling at all it's like a waste it's boring totally waste but I'll shop like a motherfucker You'll sh- <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah, so it's good you realized, and you say 15 years ago was the point you realized, like, hey, this has got to stop. Yeah, because I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, who am I? Like, I can't even work. Like, I have go-getter tendencies I had while I was using. Like, I wanted to do good. I wanted to try harder. I wanted to be productive. I wanted to make money. I wanted to be successful. I wanted to be kind. I didn't want to lie, cheat, and steal. And, you know, and it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Drugs are but a symptom. Drugs and alcohol is but a symptom, but you know, it added, it contributed to a lot of my crazy behaviors. Mm. And I, me looking in, it's good that you're able to admit it, but I've always seen you as a, I've seen you as always a hard worker, as a good person, but I, I, you know, you've always done the best, but I did notice the difference. The one time you did stop when we were at the club, I, you know, you were, you were already here, but then when you were sober, you were good. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. You were already high up like this. You know, I don't know if you remember, uh, she went by Claudia or whatever her name was. One of the, some girl we used to say, cause you know, we had kids and we used to go like, if we're going to be single, we're going to be like the way Raquel, even if, you know, we're going to be like the way you are and the way you like that. Oh, my God, I was nuts. I was at the time nuts. you were nuts, but we saw it. You had it all together in a way. Yeah. We, you know, but you you're admitting, hey, I didn't have it all together. I this is what happened yeah. um, when you reach that point. What what helped you stay sober? What is helping you? What what do you feel like? Because some people may out my, my whole goal with this whole podcast is somebody's listening that has a problem, thinks they have a problem. They look good, but they, they feel good. Yeah. What 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 really helped you? What made you change? What turned your life around and kept you going for the good with what your you know, with your addiction? Well, um, to be honest, it was mm-hmm. I had to end my self will and find a higher power because 
I'm not my high, I'm not the higher power. I thought I was, and I thought mm-hmm. drugs was an alcohol. I was thinking this will fix all my problems. Mm-hmm. And, and I can manipulate situations and do things because I'm independent. I'm a woman, hear me roar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I, I used to uh, take pride in that. Like, I'm so independent. I've taken care of myself forever. I've been through, I've, I've graduated the school of hard knocks. I'm, I'm self-sufficient. I'm, you know, and really it was self-reliant failed me. You know, because mm-hmm. obviously I'm, I don't know what I'm doing because I'm doing drugs and alcohol like a lunatic and it's fucking up my life. Yeah. So, so I had to say, okay, there's a higher power that I choose to call God. I don't, you know, I don't want to be too religious, but, or sound too religious, but right. I had to find a higher power other than myself and other than people, places, or things. Because I would, I would say, oh my God, the gym, that's the new, my new self-help. Uh, these books, I'm going to change. I'm going to read these books and I'm going to get better and I'm going to stop using drugs and alcohol and I'm going to clean up my life. Well, that fails me. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's only a moment in time, you know, that my enthusiasm is like that. And then the urge and the cravings come back and a, a power greater than myself can eliminate it. Because right. I can't do it. No, you can't, you can't help me. Even if you read me something from a book, you know, like mm-hmm. people, my ex-boyfriend couldn't do it, you know, but he right. me. He guided me and I wanted what he had. So I took took his lead, you know, but once again, it was a power greater than myself that led me to the rooms. Mm-hmm. And having faith, like in something. Yes. And having faith. And, you know, I've always, I was raised, raised Catholic. So the concept of a higher power or God, as I call it, wasn't foreign to me. It's just, I didn't think that, you know, like, I was um, worthy enough, you know, because I was, I thought I was a despicable person. Uh, well, I'm glad that you, you, you had the change. Being in the adult industry, and I totally understand this, because the, the, the pressure for me to go, the only reason I ever did drugs was for weight loss. Right. <laughs> and, but for me, for me, yeah. I can't, I didn't have that addictive personality. Yeah, exactly. Because so, not all people and and uh, the pressure being in the adult industry would for you did you ever feel like you needed drugs to do any scenes no thank god no 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 i'm very uninhibited sexually as a person i love sex i love everything about sex i'm not squeamish or i have no qualms about it even with the catholicism background as a child nothing ever you know inhibited inhibited me sexually but I had body image I had body dysmorphia so I would take drugs to restrict my food intake so I can lean out because get skinny because I'm a curvy girl I'm a thick curvy girl and curves are in baby yeah, now curves are right. in. Right, curves are in. Hello? Yeah, now thank God curves are in. Yes, yeah, we had it very hard. It was Absolutely. like very hard. So I would, but the thing is, like I would do drugs not to eat and and to get lean and to get thin. But the whole thing is, is I got to face the facts. I'm an addict alcoholic because you know what? I know a lot of people that struggle with weight loss, that struggle with their weight, and they don't go out and do hard drugs. Yeah, I do coke, meth. Xanax pills that's you know like I can pretend like I would say I remember I said to this one guy I was like you know I'm just doing a little bit of drugs and he's like for what and I'm like to lose weight he's like okay he looked at me like I had four heads on me because I would use that excuse as like the noble face like see but that was for us being in the entertainment business I felt like it, that was the reason to do drugs because the yeah. time and era we had was way different. Now everybody can be whatever size. There's yeah. not an issue. Body, yeah, it's body positive nowadays. But right. I would pretend that that was the reason why I was doing drugs instead of looking at it like I'm a drug addict, alcoholic. Mm. You know, like I would disguise the food and the eating and trying to be thin 
as the reason I do drugs. In all, in all actuality, I do it because I'm an alcoholic addict. And I had, I had to face that because it never made me feel any better. It ruined many relationships. It ruined my life in a sense. It, it didn't take everything away, but there's times where I hit rock bottom and I still continue to use and drink. So that's not normal for someone that wants to lose weight. Yeah. You know, you don't go to that extreme if you want to lose weight. Right. You know, so I would I would disguise and think, okay, I'm just doing it so I can drop a few pounds. But in all actuality, I'm a alcoholic addict. And the snowball effect. I remember exactly. you used to say, exactly. that was your famous saying. Cycle, yeah, you need it. Then, okay, so first I would start out, I need it so I wouldn't eat. Then I'd be mm -hmm. up three days and I need it to to stay up longer. Then I need it because I got to go to work. So I got to make money to support mm -hmm. myself and my habit. And then I'd have to do, so it's just a vicious cycle, a snowball, totally. It would, one thing would lead to another thing, to another thing, to another That was your famous saying, the snowball effect. Yeah. Well, I, I like snowballing come. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. You like that now instead of, uh, but you, yeah. And I just want people to know in the industry, you're somebody, because when people tell me, like, there's a picture of you, I think you retreated for my birthday recently. And somebody said, oh, I know her. And they showed me a picture of you with them real quick. And they're like, she's the sweetest, nicest person. Aww. And I'm like, and they were asking me and they go, is she really that way? And per I go every time I'm like, no, that's her a hundred percent. There's no acting. Yeah. There's no, like, this is who she is. This is, there's no act. This is, that's who she is. Like, and I know this. So there's a lot of times I've noticed people in the adult industry, like even strippers, maybe girls we've worked with, they do it because they don't really want to be there. You've always wanted to be. Love you've, it. I thank God. Yeah. Uh, and you too, Marcel. Yeah. You know, we yeah. We loved rubbing on cock. We yeah. loved we the men and their kindness and their attention. And we even would go in at three, four in the morning to the club after a shift during the day. Yeah. To get more cock. You know, it's yeah. like we loved it. And like I now, I love doing video calls with guys. Like I oh, absolutely. I love my. I, there's nothing hotter to watch a guy squirt cum. Yeah. I mean, that's what I even masturbate to. It's like, come squirting everywhere. I'm like, uh, I just melt. Yeah. So this is your natural skit. Because I also yeah. with this podcast, I don't want, you know, people, the vanilla people, the civilian worlds, they have a whole different concept of us. They think that, you know, we get into drugs. So that's what we need. So we can work. That's the opposite with us. Yeah. We need to actually be sober and we do our job better. Yeah. I mean, for me, at least, like I said, my mouth's wetter, my pussy's drenched, my asshole's juicy. On drugs, I'm like quiet, weird, dry yeah. as bone, and paranoid. Like, how fun is that in sex? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> nobody wants it, but it's it's that's the thing is this, you know, the addiction that you had you realize, hey, I have that addict, a personality. Not everybody has it. Some people are different, you know, yeah. but it's it's realizing that we need to quit this shit. You know, we need, to, we need to move on. This isn't really benefiting us. It's not good for us. Like I realize, you know, I'm, I feel blessed and lucky in a way that at one point I realized, hey, this, this shit just doesn't make sense to me in my life. You're very blessed because there's many people that die from drug addiction. And right. And what's scary now, what's real, real scary, and I kind of am very thankful that we're we're all sober right now, is now people are lacing fentanyl and stuff. I'm just going to say that. This damn fentanyl. What the hell? But it's for pain, whatever. People love it. People hate it. People die from it. It's it's all over it. But it is, it is like. Because meth was popular, in, or from at least for me, this is what I think. Meth mm -hmm. was popular in like the 90s and the 20s and 2000s. Mm -hmm. But like I just remember everyone would do it. A lot, now it's like it kind of drifted into heroin in like the mid 2000s. And because then it, of the opiate 
And I have to say, um, remember when I had my back surgery in the yeah. year 2009, okay? Um, I kind of understood, that was the one addiction I really understood because when I had that serious back surgery, they, you know, they gave me all kinds of drugs. I didn't, I, I actually gave away a lot of pills. I, yeah. I refused to take them. I was kind of, you know, like, I was like, oh no. Good. The only thing that worked for me was uh, not Vicodin, Percocets. Yes. So I listened to the doctor and I took one Percocet a day. I listened to every word when, and then he told me go to half a Percocet a day. When I went to half a Percocet a day, it was the worst absolute feeling of my life. Oh yeah. And the only thing that, and at that moment, this was a really strong mental thing, but this is where I, I think it's the pill problem. I think is like the worst thing of the world now because I was on that Percocet, at half a Percocet, I was dying, I was going crazy. And luckily, I don't know what it was, maybe it was God or whatever, I said, I need to listen to what the doctor said. Yeah. When I finally took off the Percocet, it was a good week. That was a horrible week for me. It was, it was worse than um, when I quit uh, speed. It was worse than when I quit Coke. It was the worst feeling ever. Like when I quit those Percocets, but yeah. I was, it was needed because I wasn't taking it because I was partying. I wasn't taking it because I just thought, oh, let me take Percocets. Let me party or whatever. I was taking it because I had serious back issues. And I realized at that point, I was like, these medications that people take, this is, this is horrible. This is the worst feeling of the world. Like, yeah, I feel bad for people that have to take it on a daily basis because of the pain. And I mean, like for me, I feel that if you like with the many boob jobs and cosmetic surgery I get, mm-hmm. <laughs> bimbofication boys and girls, yeah, <laughs> um, I have to take pain meds because of the healing. And when I come down, like I have to go, you know, even in recovery, I gotta, I gotta take my pain meds for the surgeries. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, okay, is this really? Am I really in pain? And I have to ask myself, because, you know, like to thine own self be true, I got to say, am I really in pain or am I bullshitting myself because I want to get a little buzz, you know? But for you, it's completely different because you're like in pain and you know, you don't have that addictive uh, alcoholism or a a drug addiction. But it was even for me that I don't have that. It's hard to kick. It was that week, and even when I was at half a Percocet, like I said, it was the worst absolute thing ever. And then go back to, like, I had another surgery when I was in L.A., and I have to, you know, I don't I would like for you to speak your honest opinion about marijuana, but um, I had my gallbladder taken out. They did not give me no medication, and I was in pain, nothing for my gallbladder when it was taken out. But a girlfriend of mine, she brought me hybrid edibles. Yes. And I took them, you know, and I got a little buzz, but I didn't have that addictive. And then that's when I realized, you know, and I'm, I, I believe in, you know, the thing is with the pharmaceutical and with like even cocaine or whatever, they mix that shit. They put something else in it. They're, they put something that's addictive. Same thing with the pills. But when I had that edible, when I had the gallbladder, that really took the pain away. Like, and it was, guess what? I, I, I think it was two days. I was in actual pain and I was in horrible pain. I took the, it was a hybrid edible two different, two different days. And then I was fine. Then I didn't even crave an edible to go to sleep. Uh, nothing. I was perfectly fine. What are your, I want you just to be honest with me and very frank about marijuana use and what you feel like, you know, um, how you feel about it. Okay, well, for my personal experience, I can't take it. Uh-huh. I can't use it, but I think it's fine if people can, you know, or people need it. Like, mm-hmm. to me, it's like, you know, knock yourself out. Like, do what you got to do. And, and if you can party and do it responsibly, more power to you. If you can smoke weed and get shit done or, or chill out, whatever you want to do, more power to you. So it's... Really, to me, it's like I feel like anything past my nose is none of my business. Mm-hmm. But for for myself, I can't fuck with it. Because you realize you have that addictive nature. Uh, yeah. It, then yeah. It, 
starts my uh, allergy for drugs and alcohol. Mm. And, and I, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, it's natural, it's this and that. And I think that's great. You know, I think it's, it's great. And I'm, I'm glad it's legal, but I, I am not going to use it. I can't. Right. That's, that's you. That's, that's you. Yeah. Everybody's different. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's why I'm speaking, you know, I form because I can't fuck with it, but whoever can more power to you. Right, 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 right. For me, I just noticed like when I had that gallbladder, I was in serious pain. And then my yeah. friend said, you know, and it worked out and then I wasn't addicted. And I was like, hey, this is great. But then I thought back to the time of when I had my back surgery. And now I probably will never take a Percocet, especially after what I heard yeah. how Prince died. Yeah. That really when he died of Percocet, I understood. Friends. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah, there's like this wise man told me today, you know, uh, pain is option. Um, no pain is a fact of life. Right. But misery is optional. Mm -hmm. So if you're in pain, that's that's normal, right. you know, and you got to take stuff for your pain. But being miserable is optional. You could be miserable or you can get help. Yeah. And how would you say the best way for people nowadays to get help? To get help? Yeah. What would you, if you, let's say somebody reaches out to you or what would you suggest if anybody's listening the, that helped you, that really benefited you? Because not everybody has this willpower yeah. that I, you know, I'm not saying I'm like, oh, the strongest person in the world, but you, you know, you admit it, you've had the addiction, it took over you. What would you yeah. say? would be the best way to get help if somebody wanted to get help? For me, I would say, I would just suggest like a rehabilitation of some sort, like inpatient or outpatient and then meetings, you know, and, and get to get to a meeting, get to a 12 step meeting. Like they've the saved my life. Yeah. 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 And, and that's so like, many 12 step programs. There's, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, there's so many for anyone that has addiction. Gambling Anonymous, Sex Anonymous, mm -hmm. overeating, compulsive overeating. They have even Love and Addict, they have Codependency. Uh, yeah. Um, Al-Anon. Al-Anon, great. Uh, these are all, I um, love my 12-step programs. Yeah, so anybody could just Google 12-step program. Yeah, whatever they're, they're dealing with. So if they're... Right having trouble with a loved one that's drunk, an alcoholic or a drug addict, they can go to Al-Anon. Yeah, I loved Al-Anon. Yeah, um, great. Right, that's a good one when you're dealing with, um, because my father my father passed away from, he right. partied to the very end. Yeah. And um, that, I, I did attend, that seems to be the one particular 12 step that I, for me personally, I like for me. Um, for my situation. Great. That's great to hear. Yeah. Cause it's also when you, when you love somebody, like I love my father and at the end of my father's, he was getting messed up with pills. Like I would call him and he wasn't making any sense. And yeah, it was terrible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, like that was him. And then this is me. But what I realized, I'm going to say what I realized when my father being an addict, that was him under the drugs because sober, he was a really good person. Yes. And he loved. And then I have to say that too, you, I know you sober and all that and everybody, you know, you're a very good person too. Um, there's some, you know, you're, you're very, you're very much of a sweetheart. You're very kind. Everybody loves you. Uh, like you're everybody's favorite. <laughs> like, no, yeah. And, and um, you know, but the addiction, it does take over and it hurts family, friends, themselves, themselves, relatives. Yeah. And all that. And um, when you became sober, you know, did you have to leave the industry? Did you feel like there was a need to stop or anything? Personally? Well, I took a month off to like really concentrate on this recovery bit, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but I didn't, I mean, they say, you know, uh, to change everything, but for me, I didn't, 
I didn't change my occupation. I continued doing it and I've been able to stay sober. So I'm blessed, you know, for that, but not a lot of women or men can be in the sex industry and stay sober. Yeah. But like I said earlier that you were, you love what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I love sex. Yeah. Yeah, like I love what I do. I love interacting with my fans. I like taking pretty pictures. I love, you know, the whole aspect in the business. And yeah, huh? The dicks, the pussies, <laughs> everything. Yeah, no, we we like what. Bottom line, we like what we do, and our addiction has nothing to do with our jobs. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It was just something that we we you know we got it we got involved and then we got out. And we realized there was an issue. We realized there was a problem and we have to make a change for better. Because I could be a librarian and still want to party with drugs. Yeah. Because I, I was, I feel I was born with that. Right. Right. That's good that you realized that. Now getting all together for you, because I should have asked this in the beginning. How did you very, in the very, very beginning, how did you get into the sex industry? Okay. Well, how was introduced to you? I was introduced to it by two people, mm-hmm. uh, two different, two people that, you know, separate people that didn't know each other. Uh, one was a guy, I met this one guy at Crazy Horse 2, and mm-hmm. he's always, and I love sex, obviously. Yes, we know. Like, <laughs> you need to get into porn. And I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And he's like, I know a guy that is knows some agents. So he got me in it. But my very first scene with filthy first timers with uh, Mr. Chris, um, who got me that? I think my friend Jeff introduced me to um, Mr. Chris. And I just showed up and with a bag packed with foot with a bag of clothes going I'm ready to fuck and I met him and I think he showed me his his DVD <laughs> he had <some laughs> DVDs he showed it to me and I looked at the back cover and I saw his dick and I was like okay fuck yeah I'll do it and then I just because uh, I love dick and I did it and I had so much fun that I was like I want to do some more. I want to shoot. And I was 28 at the time. Yeah, you, you got into a late bloomer. Yeah, you were a late bloomer. Yes. I was yeah. late bloomer, but I've been in the sex industry since I was 18. Yeah. You were meant to be in it. Yes, I was meant to be in Yeah, because I remember the first time I saw you, I was just, I can't believe you don't remember that. I was like. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm so, I love that was our first, that's how we met. I just remember seeing you. With your blonde hair, big butt, big lips. Oh, that's walk, blonde walk at the time. Down the hall, up against the VIP room, hitting up guys. Do you want to dance? Get dances. Do you want to dance? And that that was it. That was all you'd say. Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? And you just kept on going and go. And I was like, I need to know this chick. She's a fucking hustler. And then I made you go to jail with me to see my ex boyfriend. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh my god. So that's so embarrassing. Oh, like, well, we all did, you know, we were young, we were dumb, full of cum, right. we had our fun, we, we had, we had certainly had, um, a lot of things going on and everything, you know, like, we, we had to live and learn, and thank God, like, we got out of everything, you know what I'm saying, we, yeah. we changed and thank we evolved God for the better, all. huh? Thank God we survived it all. Yes, thank God we survived it, because yeah. shit is, like, it's different now. It's yeah. totally different. And I, I kind of feel like if I would have got in the industry now, I don't think I probably would have got into drugs because the whole issue I did ever do drugs was the whole weight issue. That was it. Yeah. yeah. That was that was it for me. And then I saw, because again, I like the hydro. Remember the hydroxy cuts? No. Oh, the, yes, I do. I do. The, right the diet pills, like we were, yeah. that was, that was like, oh my God, that was the best feeling. And now it's like, I could, I don't like that feeling. I don't like being, I get, I get more energy from a good night's rest or doing treadmill for like 20 minutes. 
Oh, for tw- the treadmill just for 20 minutes? Yeah, I get like, ooh, all uh, my adrenaline's pumping. Oh, man. sure. Me, I've been doing cardio lately on the Oculus, and I love that because I noticed my heart rate is a little bit higher. So yeah. I've been using the Oculus, and I got like a couple. It's that thing that goes over your face yeah. and the virtual world, and I play games on it, and my I get my because I measure my heart rate on my um, iWatch. Yeah. And so now like, I don't know, like that's like my cardio of choice besides walking around or hiking or I can't really yeah. hike in New York. Yeah. Like I could when I lived in LA, LA was great for hiking, but yeah. you know, that was, you know, but now I feel like that I see all these girls and I'm kind of like envious. I'm like the ass is in like, what the hell? <laughs> we have booty. Oh yeah. Yeah, the booty's in, and I just, I feel like a part of me, like, I knew the addiction was not, it it was more of the weight loss aspect, so, you know, but for you, 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 it's good you, you know why you do something, though, in a way. Some people don't, they can't figure it out, and they need lots of therapy, and they need a, you know. Yeah, and that, for them, for me, it didn't, the therapist didn't work, like, I needed a 12-step program, that's what worked for me. Right, and there, we, and there was no shame to each, both of us, we didn't have no shame, we were like, oh, we were balls to the wall, (laughs) we were not, we were crazy, if you think back, yeah. Oh, I know, no, gosh, I'm trying to think of another crazy time of what, God, some of the, yeah, in in the back at at the Crazy Horse, too, at, you know, with with the house mom, uh-huh. And she made our fortunes, and she'd freak us out. Who, which one? Which house? I don't fucking remember her name. She was some, like, Italian lady or something. She'd cook mm-hmm. for us. She was a house mom. And then she'd read our fortunes and sell us clothes. But we were, like, high out of our minds. that We were like, oh, my God, she's the psychic. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking yes. about now. Yeah, because she went to Spearmint Rhino, but the other house mom that was... I love Judy. Judy, remember him. You know, she was the redhead. Oh my God, I miss. I miss just. You know what? I really do miss that stage of you could because right now, like, you know how the OnlyFans is and the Instagram, and it's cool. Like, we could sit in our house and make money, but I kind of miss like being able to pack a bag and go to a club for three or four hours and come and go. Yeah, I mean, it has its pros and cons, and I like the camaraderie, like w- what we had, and that's yeah. how we met, so I love that, and I'm grateful for that, but for me, I think there's nothing hotter than to be on my OnlyFans and masturbate all day long talking to guys. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it now, I love it now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I feel, like, very grateful for it, but I do love the excitement of the music, the club, the girls' mm-hmm. eyes, you know, that hypes me up. But I couldn't do that. I, like, I miss rubbing on dick. Black fans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on OnlyFans, like, every day. and No, no, me too. I'm, like, I'm trying to, like, hang up messages and sex paper yeah. right now as we exactly. speak. Like, I'm, like, I'm hearing my phone off. But I'd rather do that than go into a club every day. I, I, right. I hate the club. Well, I just miss, like, there's there's a guy that I talk to that I Skype, and I tell him about the dancing days. Yeah. Be- and I'm like, and I'm like, I kind of miss, like, I'm like, God, I used to, like, and we always, like, fantasy about it. So that's the part I miss, like, yeah. giving the lap dances, they um, come yeah, in. Yeah, on a cock. Yeah. 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 We'd always be like, do you want a mis- uh, do you want a cock massage? <laughs> and we would grab it. <laughs> so, guys, if you're listening in, Ava Devine is exactly like how she is for her movies and everything else. This is the part. Like, I've known her over 20 years. There's no acting whatsoever. And then if, you, if you're talking to her, like, on OnlyFans or whatever, that is her. She is the person. She is all about, like, her fans. Yeah. You love everybody. You are a hundred percent true. And that was my thing with my podcast. That's why I was like, I asked you, and then I've asked Lainey. I was like, I'm gonna have people first close to me because I want to be authentic as possible. Because yeah. like I that's how I have to be, and that's why I wanted to school people on, you know, like we'll figure with you sobriety, other I'll do other topics and just yeah. be real. There's so exactly because there's so many dimensions to people, you know, that 
that we don't even know about that needs to be uncovered, you know? Yes, exactly. Or just real talk. It's it's fun. It's right. Fun. Yeah, real talk. So if there's somebody out there, um, keep in mind you they can what Google twelve step program. Yeah, or there's hotlines they can call. One eight hundred. Go fuck me. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I was like real. I was like. <laughs> yeah, you were like, how do you know that? No, there's like hotlines and stuff, and and all all sorts of or all, all sorts of uh things out there to help people but the 12 step i would say would be the best one yeah well like a if if they're in active addiction and alcoholism they probably have to detox or get into a rehab rehabilitation of some sort but um you know i mean and the most important thing is you got to be willing you know i had to be willing willing to you had to be willing yeah like, and was that detox process, was it hard for you? Well, I was coming off meth. All I did was sleep like mm-hmm. two weeks. So, and I was very emotional. I'd cry at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was, it was tough, but I didn't, I didn't have deep delirium tremens or uh, spasms or seizures or anything. Cause I wasn't kicking opioids or. Right. Alcohol. Yeah. That's what's scary nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, but you you do it with supervision, you know? Mm, so the detox would be important, then the 12 step. Yeah, totally. Get into, get into a, like a rehab of some sort or a detox. Okay, that's that's would be if necessary. And there's always help. Yeah. Know. So on a good note, where can everybody find you? Well, everyone can find me on Instagram at the one and only Ava Divine, on Twitter at one Ava Divine, um, on TikTok, which I gotta like start working on at one Ava Divine, and uh, OnlyFans.com/slash Ava Divine. Oh, that's, good. that's where I'm at all the time. I love my OnlyFans, so yeah. Me too. I love. To, I like my Sex Panther, my OnlyFans. Oh, I love like Sex Panther too. But something about OnlyFans, I just love. Everyone's just awesome, and and they're there for one thing, and that's to have fun. And I like that. You know, I like that attitude. It's just like let's have fun. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being sharing with me and actually being my very first guest. No way. I popped your cherry again. Yes, you popped my cherry. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wanted, like I said, I wanted people that could be real and true. That's what I want. I don't want any, like, fake. I don't want to, like, get any propaganda or any fake things. I want to, like, help people with my podcast. And I yeah. want to school them and do right, you know? It- and and it was so much fun, Marcella. I had a blast as always when I'm with you. So yes, yes. It was great, and I greatly appreciate it. And I, I wish you nothing but success. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Bye.